listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. What's up, Lakers fans? Recording this on a Wednesday. Don't forget, before we jump into things, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, you name it. We're there. And of course, check out silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs. Joining me, Again, I always get screwed up here because it's not every week anymore, but I would say semi-regularly, Anthony Irwin. Anthony, what's going on, my man? Yeah, I would say, I would say, you know, of of hosts that I do the show with on a regular basis, you're probably one of the more consistent ones. It's probably like between you and Harrison and Sabrina and Christian and Jacob. And uh now I'm now I'm losing the point that I was about to make. Oh, you got, you're on the B team status with me, right? Harrison puts you with the B squad. When he wants to go with the A squad, he puts you with him, right? That's the way it goes. Yeah. Yeah. When, when Harrison has a, a good guess, he's like, you know, oh, no, you can take the day off. You're good. And so, so yeah, I, which I won't complain about. I've, I mean, at this point I might complain about it because I've now had about like 10 days off or, 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 or you know, 13 of the last 14 days off or something like that. Uh, so it is getting a little ridiculous. I'm sitting there like giving takes to my dog at this point, but, <laughs> <laughs> but this is where I'm at. Well, it's okay. At least somebody's listening, right? If it's a dog, you know, <laughs> that doesn't really matter, but, uh, probably, probably not the best sign that she, like, she, she starts whining and pawing at the door. Like, you know, the longer I talk. Oh, it sounds like half the people that listen to you online anyways too, Anthony. So there you go. Exactly. Now you know how the rest yeah, of us, yeah, guess, the rest of us my, feel. My, right? my I- <laughs> iTunes reviews is just, it's just Cali, just like begging to get the hell away from <laughs> Well, let's jump into this now. The Lakers after that really resounding and, and positive start to the podcast there. Let's jump into the Lakers uh, coming off a 93-89 win. They have a couple of days off now. Uh, back in action against the Clippers at Staples on Thursday. The big news coming out still, you know, we're dealing with this with LeBron James with, with the ankle problems. Uh, dealing with some soreness. He's going to miss a couple more games and then they're going to kind of go from there. But uh, Dr. Raj Brart breaks it down really nicely on silverscreenandroll.com, just kind of how concerning it is at this point that LeBron is still dealing with some soreness. When you're looking at this, again, and we talked about this previously, you know, just like how serious is this going to be and, and where is he going to be at going into the playoffs? I mean, obviously not that many games left to go. They're down to what, seven left now? Uh, basically another 10 days left on the on the schedule after after today. Are you, how scared are you at this point? Like I was getting messages from people who were like, oh, how concerned are you about the Lakers and blah, 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 after the loss to the Raptors? I'm like, dude, I'm still not concerned. Like my concern meter is still very, very low because I'm like, if you get LeBron healthy and AD's healthy, which he's looking looking pretty damn good so far, I, I still think they're going to be all right. How are you feeling about the whole LeBron ankle situation? It's a little concerning. I Like anybody who has ever sprained an ankle will tell you that it makes it more susceptible to sprain moving forward. Uh, I know, I know like the first time I sprained my ankle, the first time, uh, my, my right leg from that point on was just noticeably weaker than my left leg, um, which was kind of tough because I was left-handed and I was a better finisher with my left. And then all of a sudden I had to relearn how to finish with my right. And I'm not saying that like LeBron has to go through that entire ordeal because he is LeBron James and I am my round self. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I am. He is, he is built like a superhero and I'm built like a, you know, a, a super water burger, a super double, <laughs> double, double. And so like, so in, in the sense of like the, the, to the, to the small extent that I can relate to a certain injury, um, I, you know, I was a little cautious and then, and then, you know, we've talked about this a few times now with, 
uh, fantasy football and, and fantasy sports in general, where we have had everybody who has ever played fantasy football, I would think at this point, has lost their running back to a high ankle sprain at one point or another. Last year for me, it was um, Rasheem Mostert. Uh, who went from must start to, you know, mustard. And, yeah. <laughs> and it was just, and so it was just like, it was brutal. It's, it's just like this, it's this annoying injury. It's, it's, it's bad enough when you turn it to the outside and it's the quote unquote, more natural way to turn an ankle. But when you turn it the other way, where somebody rolls up on, on, on the bronze ankle, the other way, there you're just dealing with a whole different set of issues there you have different tendons different muscles different bones like it's just it's just a different region of the body that you are now trying to work with and it's a completely alien way for a foot to move and so when they said high ankle sprain initially there were there was the initial optimism of like oh well he's lebron james he'll figure this out and it's like <laughs> he's still human. (laughs) He's he's still a a human being. And so the fact that he is still dealing with this at this point is a little concerning, but I don't think it's, it should necessarily necessarily be shocking. Yeah. And I think that's, that's where I'm looking at it too, because even, even based off all reports right now, it's not that he's, you know, it's like, damn, he's super, super, you know, like it's, it's, it's really bad. It's swelled up again to the point that he can't walk, you know, he's, he's dealing with discomfort. And like you mentioned, it, it does happen that coming back from this injury, specifically a high ankle sprain, it's, it's harder to come back from. It's harder to get back to 100%. Like you mentioned, we saw that. I mean, literally everybody in the San Francisco 49ers last year had a high ankle sprain and they all missed yeah. multiple, multiple weeks. Right. So, yeah. I mean, we, we've seen that these guys, like you mentioned, they're professional athletes, right? You know, so they obviously they want to be out there. They want to get some more time on the court. They want to get acclimated back to being in the, in, you know, in the game situation. But again, I'm looking at this like, okay, worst comes to worst LeBron. Let's just say he, they rest him for the next three games. You give him four games to get back in, you know, where you got New York, Houston, India, New Orleans, you got a pretty easy schedule for those last three games, especially, you know, as if you do need to make up some ground in the standings, you're still not going to be in too bad of a spot. But I just think ultimately they're taking a very cautious approach with this as they should be with, with a guy at, at LeBron's age and, and, and with this specific injury. And they did that with AD. I think in all honesty, I think AD could have came back maybe a week or two earlier, you know, judging by the fact that they went from, he's going to be on a 15 minute restriction to uh, we're just going to go with whatever we want to play him, you know, within two games, he was, he was playing, you know, almost 30 minutes a night. And when you're looking at it like that, I just think the Lakers are taking the right approach i haven't had any any cause for concern in terms of yeah they're they're three and seven over their last 10 yeah they haven't looked that great obviously you're not going to when you're missing your your best player and losing to to teams like sacramento and 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 the raptors but when i'm looking at this like okay even if lebron sits the next three games you still have you're you're okay in in the in the standings right now you still play portland i mean that that i think is going to be a big game if they can get uh like a huge like a superhuman effort from ad somebody like kuzma can step up and help them win that game on friday that kind of could put the 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 blazers in the rearview mirror in the standings but right now i just think there's no point in being so stressed out about the 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 short term it's like this is a longer term play and the lakers right now i just think the goal is get into the playoffs even if you have lebron at 80 percent, you're going to be in a better position than you are right now yeah i mean well i I think the lakers priority is they want to avoid LeBron at 80%. Like they, they're, they're going to do whatever it takes to get him from 80 to 90 or, or like, I, I guess Woj was reporting that according to some people around LeBron, he's not going to be a hundred percent these playoffs, which like, 
fine. Some of this, like, we look, we saw what he looked like in that Sacramento game. And I didn't think he looked bad at all. And I never saw a play that they were able to isolate that made it look like he tweaked his ankle or anything like that. He, he, he didn't come back into the game. And by the time that he didn't come back into the game, it was kind of this funny situation where like he, he could have come back in or no, was it that game? He only played the one game. Right. And, and so, so, you know, you're, you're looking at this, you're looking at this situation that they're in. And I think one thing to kind of color the well, Lakers. He played, he, played, he played the Raptors too, right? He played the second game against the Raptors too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that was, that was the one, that was the one that it was already kind of out of touch by the time that he would have potentially come back into the game. So that was the one where you, you know, I never saw a play that, uh, that I, he re-injured himself. And if we saw that play, it had been leading sports center for the last <laughs> weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we, we would have seen that on spectrum. We would have seen that on YouTube and on Twitter and on everything. And, and so like, I, I guess to a certain extent that's some solace that we can take there is that like, there isn't an, in a, a singular play that we can point to and say, yeah, that's when he got hurt again. Uh, Frank Vogel has come out and said that this isn't like a re aggravation kind of a thing. It's just like, we just want to be super cautious about this. Uh, they said the same thing about Alex Caruso uh, when he came back and, and, or when, when he didn't come back and he had those spasms that he said, yeah, if it was a playoff game or, or whatever, it's hard for them to say, like, if, if it was a more important game, you're in the middle of a playoff race. So like you aren't going to get much more important regular season games. So to a certain extent, you got to take some of this with a grain of salt, but, but all the same, I just think for the Lakers, whether it's uh, to their detriment or whatever, the situation that we're in as fans is that the Lakers haven't cared about the season. Like they, they just, they haven't, they, like you're saying, Anthony Davis maybe could have come back a little earlier. I do know at the beginning of the year, they were, they really looked interested in chasing history and, and really kind of putting their foot on the neck of the league. And then once it did, it wasn't going to go that way. They all just kind of said collectively, all right, let's just, just, we're just, we're just going to try to survive this. We're going to try to get through this and we're going to try to get to the end of the season and into the postseason as healthy as we possibly can. We see what's happening with Denver. Like Den Denver has lost Jamal Murray, his backup. They lost uh, uh, Barton and his backup. And then, and then, so now they're just kind of faced with, trying to trudge through these po this postseason with a shell of the roster that they once had, especially after they, they landed Aaron Gordon, you were like, Oh, that might be a championship team. Well, that fell by the wayside because that team is exhausted because they played in the, the conference finals. The, the heat this year have been a mess. The Celtics this year have been a mess. And so like all four of those teams that were in the conference finals last year, are just feeling exhausted and, 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 and if they aren't uh, only exhausted, they're also banged up to the point where Denver season is basically over now. And, and, and so the Lakers want to avoid that. They want to, they want to hold off this season's mortality as long as they possibly can. And to a certain extent, I, I agree with it. There, there is no disagreeing with it. On the other hand, it's like, well, why have I been watching the last 70 games? 
there really hasn't been no point the last 30 games. That's what I've been looking at with the, with the <laughs> Lakers too. Cause I'm like, dude, they, they were the people forget this, right? Like because of all the struggles they've had with the injuries, they were 21 and six after beating Memphis on February 12th. They were, they were, they were that good, you know, 21 and yeah. 27 games. And World so it's beaters. like, and like you mentioned, they were, they had come out, they came out guns a blazing They you know, it wasn't no, Oh, we're going to take a couple of weeks to work ourselves into shape. They just came out and they were kicking ass right, right from the start. And then they mm-hmm. got the injuries. And then I think that's when not just the, like Frank Vogels, I, I think the entire organization, LeBron James included, Anthony Davis included, they're like, all right, what's best for us for the long term? We built ourselves up enough of a cushion that we're not going to be struggling just to, you know, at the very least get a play in spot. We just want to get in. And if they're able to get in and like you mentioned, get LeBron as close to 100% as you can, although it remains to be you know, seen, that, like you said, that's going to be highly unlikely that he's all the way back. I think if you're looking at it from that perspective, they're doing the right thing. And like you met, like the dude, I mean, you're looking at the way guys have been going down and this has been, again, it's a second season in a row that it's it's kind of weird that there's no fans in the building. I saw that uh, home teams are, are winning at a worse clip this season than any other in NBA history, you yeah. know, without the fans in the lineup that you're, you're looking at. Uh, the travel, the condensed, like you mentioned, Denver had to play a bunch of games in, in a short period of time because they had missed, you know, some of their, their matchups with the, with the, the health and safety protocols. So I think if you're looking at it from that perspective, like all in all, dude, just getting into the playoffs with LeBron and Anthony Davis still healthy, that's considered a big win for the organization at this point, because like you mentioned, Denver without Jamal Murray might be able to win a round, not winning two. You know what I mean? You're not getting to the conference final without one of your two or three best players. And if you're looking around at the rest of the league, you know, Donovan Mitchell had some injury issues. The every, every team has been through it. And the Lakers to me, they just, they're at a point of luxury where they're like, Hey man, we're the defending champs kind of reminds me of that Houston squad from 1995, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. they came in as a six seed. Nobody expected them to, to really make any difference. And they just came in and, and, and won in the playoffs. And I think that's what the Lakers are trying to do here. Yeah. I mean, we, we, the Lakers, itself as an organization has has seen some of this although that was more due to apathy than injury avoidance but uh one of the years that they repeated in the uh three-peat era they had it's like one of the only years in recent memory that a top that a that a championship team didn't have like a top 10 defense and the reason that lakers team didn't have a top 10 defense was because like who cares? Yeah. <laughs> we, just, we just won. So why should we defend? Why should we really work our asses? Off? Like, honestly, that's, that's kind of what I thought I was going, we were going to see heading into the season in the first place. Like that's, that, that is honestly where I've had to catch myself just in terms of, of understanding where expectations or where my expectations were heading into the season where uh, when, when I was still doing locked on Lakers with, with Pete Pete was of the mindset that, yeah, they're going to come out. And I, I, you know, because of the personality of this team, because of where LeBron James is mentally and because of the personality of the organization, right. With, with Rob Polinka being ex- an extension of potential uh, mama mentality that like the Lakers were going to come out they were really going to, you know, take it to the league this year. And at the beginning of it, Pete looked right. And then things kind of started not going their way. And, and I think we've kind of fallen back to where we all probably should have had our expectations heading into the season in the first place, which is it's a repeating championship team. It's a reigning championship team that won that championship only like a month and a half prior to the season. Of yeah. course, this team was going to be was 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 going to show 
uh, some some ill effects from that. And 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 yeah, they did what they could to uh, inject some extra energy into it by uh, going out and getting Dennis Ruder and going out and getting Montrez Harrell. But both of those guys, like they're the energy guys, right? That they were injecting into the arm of this team, and those guys look exhausted. <laughs> like the the Montrez Harrell has been the laziest I think I've ever seen him over the course of his of of his career since they went out and got Andre Drummond. And and maybe some of it is because he sees the writing on the wall, especially given how Marcus Hall is playing, and he sees his rotation spot kind of falling by the wayside, or. He's just exhausted because he's one of the few guys on this team who has played in basically every, every game. And this same goes for, for Schroeder. By the time Anthony Davis came back, I thought the first time Anthony Davis got a post up where, where Schroeder could just throw the ball into him and go off to the weak side and Anthony Davis could go and, and, and create his own shot, that Schroeder would just fall onto the floor, assume the fetal position, and cry the most <laughs> joyous tears of all time because like he didn't have to do all the work there as, as he's had to while LeBron and while AD have, have had to be announced. So, so yeah, I, I think – I just think this season was always going to be – a slog and i think it was tough enough the first half of the season then the second half of the schedule comes out because uh as was reported today by uh ben golliver that the 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 league is getting ready to have 82 games in next year's season so like their priority this year was squeezing 70 games 72 games into the season or or coming as close to that per team as they possibly can while also getting themselves back on track for the traditional 82 game season, which assumes as soon as next year. And so with that being the priority there, they were always going to risk the well-being of all the players involved here. And, and I think one of the things that's going to be super interesting to watch for moving forward is how the players union addresses that and the approach to this season when it comes time to negotiate the next CBA. Yeah, this was, they really should have went like, you know, I, again, I don't, I understand you don't want to go less than maybe 60, but I think 64, 65 games would have been the ideal, right? You know what I mean? Then you're at least taking a, a, a game off a week that you're not really having to play. It, it has been. And I feel like, you know, even for us, like, you know, we were talking about this on one of the previous pods is like, you know, for, for covering the sport, it's like, this is the first time it's like, it's been boom, boom. And you got to get right back to it. You have the draft, you have free agency. And, and even for these players, like the, what they've been going through, and the travel and the condensed schedule, it's been a lot. And, and I think every team's going, you're seeing teams like Phoenix and Utah who just haven't taken their foot off the gas. And I'm interested to see how they're going to look, you know, after after playing every other night in the playoffs and, and, and going as hard as it did. Because we did see that with the Warriors. As good as they were at 73 and 9, they got into that final series. And I'm not taking credit away from Cleveland because it deserves it 100%. But the Warriors were done. Like they were tired for that those last three games. And I think... When, when you look at teams like Phoenix, you look at, obviously I'm not comparing them in terms of being uh, at that level at that, that, that 2015, 2016 Warriors team was, but I'm saying if you're putting in all this effort to go all out and win, you know, 52, 53 games, you better conserve some energy for the playoffs. And I think that's, this is where, you know, the Lakers, again, assuming LeBron gets as close to hundred percent as he can, and you're going to have him and AD basically fresh for the playoffs. I think a lot of teams in the league are, are going to be in trouble come time for, for the opening round, uh, which is what less than, you know, just over two weeks away. Now uh, I want to jump into a couple more things. Let's do that after a short break. All right. And we're back. We were discussing the LeBron injury and kind of 
looking at the, the Lakers season as, as a whole right now, coming up to, to really where we are now, uh, going into the final seven games of the season, the Lakers look tired. They've, they've lost a couple of games of teams they shouldn't have, but they're still in the thick of things. I do want to ask you this. If they get if they fall into a playing seed, they're they're only a game up on on Portland uh, at the time we're recording this. Is there any team in that seven? Like, let's just say Portland does leapfrog the Lakers. Are you concerned about playing a Golden State, a Memphis, or a San Antonio in, in a in a playing in a playing matchup, Anthony? No, like in in you know, if I had to try to be as efficient as I possibly can, I would just say no. Yeah. Uh, obviously like that's about as efficient as you can get right yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> right right it even works across a couple languages but yeah. <laughs> like i think i think if i was to you know if i had to pick a team that i was the most nervous about in that kind of a situation i wouldn't want to face steph in a single game elimination like yeah steph has been given the ability this season to shoot 23 pointers Right, mm-hmm. like twenty-five three-pointers. Yeah, jacked, shoot yeah. thirty of them in yeah. a single-game elimination. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Especially to knock out LeBron, and if he shoots thirty three-pointers, could he make sixteen or seventeen of them? You know. Yeah. At, yeah. That would that would make me that would make me a little nervous, uh, just in terms of like what the what the nth degree of great game that we can get from him would look like. Portland, I think, has been a bit of a mess. They're already talking about getting rid of Terry Stotts. So mm-hmm. that typically signals the end of a team season. San Antonio is is like they're they're like white bread with ranch on top of vanilla ice cream with like bananas for texture. Like they're just <laughs> they're just a super boring team. Okay, thank you. You didn't have to say. <laughs> So like I, I don't, I don't, I'm not I'm not particularly worried about them. White bread uh, with ranch with vanilla ice cream and bananas. Okay, that's not boring, by the way. That's an adventurous combination. We could have just said the San Antonio Spurs are just white bread. That's it, right? It's just, it's just so. I just wanted to like highlight how boring a team they are. Like I just like, I hate like even their jerseys, dude. Their jerseys are basically like what you had to wear. In PE, yeah, <laughs> uh, in like middle school, it's like these like like borderline pajamas that you had to wear and you had to go home and clean at the end of the week every week. Like like everything about the Spurs is boring, so I'm not too worried about them. But um, but yeah, I would I would I would say like the the, the team that I'd be most quote unquote nervous about is the Warriors. But it would take Steph going absolutely or absolutely nu- nuclear to get that job done. Yeah, we saw that once in that. I think it was the uh, MLK Day game where he went off, right? Like, and they came back and helped the, the the Lakers were actually up by twenty, and then he just started going off, and then the Warriors won. I believe it was one fifteen, one thirteen. So we we've seen that, and I, I'm I'm looking at that too. Like I read about the Warriors, and I'm like, I, they're not going to beat any of the top six teams in a playoff series. But can Steph Curry win two games, maybe three by himself, where he scores forty five, and it's like, oh hell yeah, he can. So if I'm the Lakers, yeah, that's that's the only team that I'm really like, I, I wouldn't even say worried about. I would say I would be afraid of playing because the good news is the Lakers ain't falling to nine or 10. They're, they're four and a half games up on golden state, Memphis, uh, five and a half up on San Antonio. So I'm not worried about them going back to, to nine or 10, but they're going to be in that seven, eight range. So they'll have two shots. Even if they have to play a red hot Steph Curry, 
in the first playing game and they somehow lose that, then they'll get to host Memphis or San Antonio again. I mean, that would be like the nuclear option. Like everything gets screwed up there and, and everything goes down downhill. Then at that point, we'll be sitting here being like, see, the Lakers did everything wrong. They got to fire Frank Vogel, right? And all the crazy <laughs> talk. But I mean, I think right now, like, like you said, I think, I think it's the Warriors and, and if the, if the Lakers, and again, you know, coming up, it's a tough game against the Clippers. Uh, on Thursday, then they got a back-to-back. They got to they take on Portland. They got to travel to Oregon on Friday. That game is huge for me. And I think if they're able to, like, even if they almost willingly punt the game against the, the Clippers on Thursday and, like, go all out to beat Portland on Friday, I think that would be the ideal thing to do. And then hopefully you get LeBron back for at least the last three, maybe four games of the season because – you don't want to, you, like you said, you don't want to be going into it where you're completely struggling and LeBron's only gotten one more game in and where it's like, like you said, it's a, it's a one and done. If you lose, you're out. So I think they're, they'll, they'll be okay right now. I think they'll end up finishing obviously either five or six that we're going to have to wait and see, but I think overall, they're not in a bad spot. I uh, wanted to wrap up on this. We're talking about the, you know, Harrison actually did a great job of this on, uh, on silver screen and breaking down the Lakers problem at center. And we've talked about this a lot with, with uh, Montrez Harrell, Andre Drummond, Marcus all uh, and Harrison makes the point. I think we, we we've kind of touched on throughout the year, which is last season in the playoffs. This is what we saw Frank Vogel do. We saw him say, Hey, you know what? We're going to adjust our lineups. We're going to adjust our rotations based on who we're playing against. If we're playing against, if we're playing against uh, Denver, you know what, JaVale, you might get a, did not play coach's decision, but Dwight Howard is going to get to play some extra minutes and, and do what he does against Jokic. Uh, then, you know, we went into the finals. Alex Caruso got into the starting lineup when, when Miami had, had you know, won game five and it's like, okay, could they make things interesting? So when you're looking at, at the issue and you mentioned Harold's struggles, especially recently where he just looks gassed and he's usually an energizer bunny and he's, he hasn't had any uh, recently. But when you're looking at this, what do you think is the ideal thing? Like, do you, do you think it's going to be to play AD at the five and then go a little bit smaller or who would you give the starting nod to right now? And if you think it's going to be Drummond, how do you think it's ever going to improve between him and AD together? Well, I think one thing that they really need to do, one thing I really hope that they find a way to, to, to do over the course of these last, I think it's like six or seven games that the Lakers have. I really hope that they detach Drummond from Anthony Davis and try to find other players than Davis to make that combination work um, or, or to make Drummond look better, look better than he has thus far, because like it, Anthony Davis at his best is the kind of big who can make any center or any, any player next to him look really good. Right. But the problem is since Anthony Davis has come back, like that Denver game, especially at the end of it, that was the first time that we really saw a, a any kind of an extended stretch of Anthony Davis looking like Anthony Davis. And uh, part of that might be because of the awkward fit with him and Drummond, but I think more of it has to do with the fact that he's coming off of this injury that took out 30 games of his season in a year, by the way, that he entered the season basically getting ready to play himself in a shape. So if you're going to play yourself in a shape and then you lose half of your season, it makes it really difficult to, to, to now play catch up in the last 10 games of the season. And then after that, have to jump into uh, postseason conditioning, which is going to be in an, uh, another adventure in and of itself. So I think one thing that I would like to see with Drummond is I'd like to see him get some minutes with Markeith Morris uh, and, and, should Markeith like remember how to shoot three pointers? 
I would like to see Drummond get some minutes at center with uh, LeBron James as the power forward in a lineup uh, just to get Drummond as much space as possible out there because uh, when Anthony Davis came back, like he wasn't making three pointers. And so the, the key in there, it just, it looked like a pre COVID uh, line at Disneyland. Right. So it was just, <laughs> it was just, so it, it's just this really difficult fit that they had there, not just because I think it's an inherently awkward fit, but then on top of that, Anthony Davis wasn't the kind of player who could make up for that awkwardness. So I, I would like to see Marcus all get the, the lion's share of the non AD at center minutes. I just think Marcus all, uh, given what you're asking of players in the postseason, is a better player than Andre Drummond. Uh, I think from there, depending on matchup, if they have, if you're going up against a bigger team where you need like six extra fouls to throw at Nikola Jokic or six extra fouls to throw at Rudy Gobert, or um, if Ivica Zubats is playing uh, longer minutes because Serge Ibaka isn't back, like that's a series where you can still afford to use Andre Drummond over Montrez Harrell. But I do like Montrez's ability to move his feet on the perimeter. I do like that he can create for himself better than Andre Drummond can. And, and, and like, so basically like this was a really long way of me saying, I think the, the priority should be Anthony Davis at center. And then from there, it's how do we get to those minutes? How do you, how do you get through, those minutes where you absolutely have to get Anthony Davis in at center. And I think Marcus Saul is the more natural fit with what the Lakers have elsewhere on their roster. And then from there, it just becomes, uh, it becomes about matchup. If you're going to use a third big. I think that's where the Gasol's skill set fits really nicely next to AD. And, and, you know, remember in the beginning of the season and, and Gasol has looked much better as of late compared to what he did early in the season. We're like, what the hell happened to this guy? But when you're looking at him now, it's like, the ability to space the floor, the ability to make plays with the ball in his hand in terms of being a facilitator. Um, he's just so much smarter. And he, again, he's not a he's not a great rim protector, but he's a good team defender. And I think when you're looking at what Gasol would do with AD compared to what we're seeing with Drummond, where it's almost like we're being force fed this, I'm with you. It's like, look, dude, go with, go with the right matchups. I think Gasol seems to be the best fit for now. It just depends on what Frank Vogel is going to do. And I, I again, I, and it's funny because we go back to, like Frank Vogel was like choice number three. Do you remember? Like after Luke got fired, like everybody was like passing <laughs> up on it. And it's like, now you're yeah. looking at the job that he's done. And I, I commended him so much last season for being flexible, which a lot of NBA NBA coaches aren't. Look what's happening in Milwaukee. They, they never make adjustments. They just went with what works, you know, in the regular season. And then they get, they lose in the playoffs. And we saw Vogel make the necessary changes last year. And I think this season, he has done a very good job with obviously a very severely shorthanded team. And I just think right now, if you're looking at it, giving him options and giving the Lakers options with in terms of having Drummond, having Marcus Gasol, um, having Montrez Harrell on the roster is just going to be a big it's just going to be a big help for the team going forward. Because like you mentioned, having flexibility and not getting stuck with a rotation, I think, is so key in the NBA playoffs. And I think if more teams would be more successful if they started to do that. Uh, let's wrap up on this. We're going, like I said, into basically the last 10 days of the season. Uh, the Lakers, seven games left to go on their schedule. Do you th where do you think they'll ultimately finish in the standings, Anthony? Do you think they'll be in the top six, or do you think they're going to fall down to either that? Most likely, it would be the seventh seed. They're going down to eight would take a, almost a miracle, but either, where do you think they'll finish, above, or, or do you think they'll be in the plan? 
I think they'll be above the play-in. I still, I still have some faith that they can knock off Portland with just Anthony Davis, um, and and especially like the longer that this goes on, where Gasol is just so clearly the better player, the the tougher it becomes for Frank Vogel to continue to you know try to lie to us after these games where he's like, <laughs> I still believe in Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis, and all. Everybody listening is like, no, you don't, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, so uh, so I I, I think I, I still believe that the Lakers are talented enough to to stay out of the playing game. But I will say this: the Lakers don't seem to care. Like they don't. If they had to play an extra game, uh, especially against you know, it, 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 so long as it isn't the Warriors, if they have to play an extra gamer here or, or there. They might even look at it as like a tune-up game, as nerve-wracking yeah. as that game would be. They might even look at that as like a tune-up game for the actual postseason that they might kind of sort of need because they aren't going to have Dennis Schroeder the rest of the regular season. They aren't going to have uh, LeBron James for the next handful of games. So they might just kind of look at it as like, we want to win these games, but if we don't, we are very well equipped to win in, in those extra games. And it, it might kind of get us more prepared for Utah or Phoenix or the Clippers, whoever they have to face uh, after, after winning out in that, in that play in situation. Yeah. Can you imagine Utah? I just, I've, I've been clowning them all year and I'm going to continue through through the playoffs that if Utah has to take on a healthy Lakers squad in round one, that would be amazing. Cause I know the Lakers would, would take them out. I, I'm with you. I, I do think, that they'll end up staying above the line. They'll probably finish as a six seed, but there's so much to be decided in the West. You know, the top seed between Phoenix and Utah, you got the Clippers and Nuggets are, are, are going back and forth for the, for the third seed. And then obviously you got Dallas, the, the Lakers and, and Portland right there in the five, six, seven. So still a lot to be decided going into uh, the final couple of weeks or final 10 days really uh, of the season. Don't forget before we do wrap up, subscribe to the silver screen and roll podcast network. Uh, you can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google podcast, Stitcher, you name it. We're there. And of course, Harrison, Anthony, Sabrina, and the entire crew at silver screen We'll have you covered as we go into the stretch dive of the season. That does it for this episode for Anthony Irwin. I'm jazz Kang. We'll catch you all next time.